Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. Welcome in. This is Country Roads Confidential at Earsports.com, a CBS Sports podcast. I am Mike Casaza. welcoming in Chris Anderson. Chris, last day of October, a week from today, the college basketball season starts. Never started as early in West Virginia history. I think I've said that maybe two or three years in a row. It just seems like they get moving us forward and forward and forward. It's encroaching upon football season, which is not necessarily bad news around here. <laughs> Bob Huggins, very creative when it comes to roster management. Um, I don't know how he pulled this one off. He did. Amidst a lot of competition, but the preseason conference player of the year from the Manhattan Jaspers, point guard, pushing 19 points a game, Helps the backcourt. Jose Perez, welcome to Morgantown. I guess this is fast. I'm still trying to get answers, but this seems like good news. Yeah, I mean, it's never bad news to add guys. And if you can figure out how to play with the roster the way that they have, the way that they currently are. I mean, right now you add Perez and the the limit is 13 and West Virginia is going to have essentially 15 scholarship players on their roster. Um, between Perez and Josiah Davis. Um, that's great. Like, that's never, like, I mean, I know, like, you don't want to break the rules, but if you can bend them, this is a good way to bend them to make sure you get the bodies to get the talent. And because eventually you're going to find the answer to what you're looking for if you keep adding bodies like this, especially somebody, again, who has done it before can score the ball, can rebound, can pass, can kind of do all those things. And if that's what you're looking for, you got to find a way to add them. And, and West Virginia somehow did last minute, maybe not even last minute, like middle of the semester, and which I guess we're going to get to talking to here shortly, but just an interesting situation and, and a, but a great ad, like no matter how, whatever capacity he's able to contribute in, it's a good ad because it might literally cost you nothing. Yeah, um, fourth school for him. How many schools have multiple players who have played at four programs? <laughs> that may become more common now, but this is Gardner-Webb, Marquette, Manhattan, West Virginia. Really got it going at Manhattan last year. 18.9 points, 4.5 assists, 3.2 rebounds, 40% from the floor, 25% from three. Mm. But... A six-five guard from the Bronx, um, and and one of my favorite here, Putnam Science Academy. Mm-hmm. 
in New York. Actually, been a pretty good school when it comes to basketball players and, and getting talent out there too. So this checks a lot of boxes for them. It also leaves some question marks here. And boy, do we have questions, don't we? Well, I don't know if we do. I mean, maybe we do too. But what prompted us to do this one is a someone. I don't know. It's not a capital S someone because I think we've gone over what capital S means. It used to be a capital S someone. Yeah, it used to be. Um, but just an interesting, like, I. it was a great long text, a uh, little bit of spite in there. It might give away who he is um, uh, about Kansas and is asking the question is about, you know, we're trying to figure out when and how can Jose Perez play. Um, again, this is, we're recording this on Halloween. He committed what, Sunday night, October mm-hmm. 30th, which is how many weeks into the fall semester? Eight. I mean, it's almost midterm time. Right. Um, and we were told, you know, yeah, he's just not playing first semester, going to play second semester. And then he does an interview with Deshaun London from uh, our, our our network, 24-7 Sports, and says he's got a waiver in to be eligible. And when, where, how, don't know. But that prompted a certain someone, medium-sized someone, I guess we'll say, a little famous celebrity in the West Virginia Twitter space, asking me, if I'm Bob Huggins, recent Hall of Fame inductee and a guy maybe looking for a cause, I put Jose Perez on the court in game one, and if they tell me he can't play, I protest loudly and use the Kansas investigation every opportunity I get. Um, his argument being, you know, that Kansas has had some issues and notice of allegations back in 2019 based on infractions that were in 2017, including their current assistant coach who is on record as having requested money for Zion Williamson back in the day and has not, as far as I know, faced any punishment for it. And this person tells me that Bob Huggins should take a stand and play Jose Perez until the NCAA asked Curtis, the Curtis Towson to sit out a few games. Um, I mean, I don't, I, I, I get his point, but I don't think we're going to go that, get that far. Are we? This is just, not a mystery to anybody who's been able to put the pieces <laughs> together that you have. The identity of this person is not a mystery if they've been yes. able to follow along what you're saying here, because this person has been pretty clear about this for quite some time, and I admire their consistency. Uh, yes. Just to the side here, uh, do welcome David Cougar to West Virginia University. He was introduced as the new head of uh, governor and compliance at WVU. Uh-huh. <laughs> this one arrived on his desk. Um, hey, can you make this guy eligible? By the way, my name is Bob. Here's my director <laughs> of recruiting, Jay. Good to meet you. We'll do lunch. Yeah. <laughs> I can just see that being the conversation here because here's a guy. Um, the last data to withdraw from classes, um, not that that's any type of a thing that, that really matters, is November 15. Um, drop a class, withdraw from the university. But that means like that's pretty much the midpoint of the semester. Your fall recess is the 19th. So there's some... Um, there's a month before the end of the semester, I guess, here. Your last day of classes, your final exams are coming up early December, so they, they can maybe make this work here. I don't know, but um, to that person's point and what we understand, this is gray area because of immediate eligibility. It just is. I remember when Oscar left, people were like, well, can he play right away? And he had to sit out a semester, right? So that didn't work. I think that 
you can't compete for multiple schools in the same athletic year or the same um, semester. And that might both apply here. So he just might not be able to do that. But there's nothing in there that says he can't, like before the season starts his competition schedule, like why couldn't he transfer out and be immediately eligible? I just think that the academic calendar is going to be prohibitive here. I'm I'm piecing this in with, with people who are giving me like, I think this is it. It could be this. Check on that. Don't have the answers yet, but the people that we talked to said pretty confident he'll be eligible for the spring semester, which means those are the first games immediately after the end of the fall semester. It does not mean the first games once the spring semester begins. There's some there's some number of games in between the end of the fall semester and the beginning of the spring semester, non-conference stuff, and I believe even the beginning of conference play. He yes. might be available. Yeah, that, that's great because I'm glad you brought that up because that was something that in my initial story I said, I, for me personally, I was unclear on what that was because what the um, – uh, when did I say – when does the, the fall semester ends? Like what, the second week of December, like the 18th or something like that? Mm-hmm. And then the spring semester begins January 9th. That's the first day of classes. And in between there, you got Stony Brook. Okay, who cares? But then you have the beginning of Big 12 play. Kansas State, Oklahoma State, Kansas are those three games that kind of fall between the end of the fall semester and the start of the spring semester. So if he's eligible to play after the end of the fall semester rather than the start of the spring, then he's there for the entirety of Big 12 conference play, which I think is notable. I mean, three games out of 16 is not, you know, missing those is not going to kill you. But having him there for those three, you know, one or one or one extra win is could make a big, big difference in, in what West Virginia is trying to do this season. So having him for those three games could be big. But technically, he could play the 18th of December against Buffalo. Okay. Okay. Because Friday or sa- Saturday is the last day. Friday is the last day. The 16th. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So he could he could do that. Stony Brook, and then the back-to-back road games, Kansas State, Oklahoma, and then hey, welcome to Coliseum. Last game before the start of the semester is a Saturday game at home against Kansas. Five games where, you know, that can get him a head start, but like the first two non-conference would be important just to get him out there and go. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. My other question, and this this is where things kind of get rendered um, to a to a certain status where we just can't be definitive as of yet, despite efforts to do so. How the heck does he enroll and practice and work out and do the training table and be academically eligible? The one thing I've heard is that there are different online enrollment dates that could make this happen for him. 
So I don't know a ton about this from my limited time of doing online teaching. Um, and it was very different when I was doing it. it. It's changed a lot in the last couple of years, and it's been almost three years since I taught. So um, there are different ways you can enroll, but you got to get the full time. And how many full time classes are you going to take in half a semester online, right? Or is yeah. he a graduate student where it's a little bit different? And I, I'm just kind of going back here. This is not a perfect comparison, but Parker Growth House. Uh, I'm glad you went there. That's where I was going to. So refresh everybody's just... memory here, Chris, because that would seem to be a model they could perhaps follow here. Well, I mean, you you knew it better than me because you you were the one that asked about it. But I remember both of us were like, "Wait, how did that guy get in?" Because he it was it like March or something where he decided that he was going to transfer to West Virginia, and then he was at spring practice. And I was like, "Wait, spring semester started in January. Uh, how is how is he practicing if he didn't make a decision until afterwards?" And and it was related to, if I recall correctly, um, Florida State being on a trimester system. Is that right? There were, there there was some sort of roulette that let him hop off and and get on at the right time, and it worked out for him. So again, even more specific to the, the player, but the actual school too, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's tough. Yeah, I don't know how they do this. I'm fascinated. I like to ask some questions, get some answers, and I wonder how much of that is true behind closed doors over there as well. So they could make it happen, and then could you just kick and scream? Like immediate eligibility is immediate eligibility. Why do we have all these hangups here? But this is kind of a blind spot, a gray area when it came to some of these winter sports that their competition in the fall semester just starts so not late because they've been going at it for a while, but like in a competition sense or it doesn't happen with everybody. But if your head coach gets fired two weeks before the start of your season and you're granted a release and a relief so you can transfer, there's got to be some sort of mechanism that further facilitates your ability to play. Say what you will about the NCAA. They've been really kind to players and, and their hardships like this. This is not the player's fault. He gladly would have come back and played for the coach he transferred to and then the school he was pretty good at last year. That was taken away from him. And I think the NCAA says, how can we help the player here? I expect that based on West Virginia's confidence, he'll be good to go in the start of the second semester. But I just have a lot of questions about how that's going to happen. I hope they get answered. But um, on the whole, Chris, great addition for them. Big guard, gets to the basket. And then if you look at them, what I, I mean, what I noticed watching them on Friday night, kind of small in the backcourt. This would change that. Yeah, you look at some of those guys that that were playing and look at their sizes, and you think, all right, they're playing good defense, but are they are they going to be able to finish at the rim? Are they being able to finish over bigger bodies? Are they going to be able to get in there and rebound as well? That was something I actually liked from what I saw from Stevenson. Uh, he he led the team in rebounds, I think, for that scrimmage, right, mm-hmm. uh, or the exhibition, and. So I like that from him. And if you can pair, can you if you can pair Perez with him, then all of a sudden you have two big guards that can get to the rim and can grab rebounds. Because when Perez was still at Gardner Webb, now his numbers went down a little bit when he was at Manhattan, but I think that was because he took on maybe a slightly different role, more of a, a pass first, not a pass first guard, but more of more ball handling. And but he was averaging over six rebounds per game to yeah. Gardner Webb. Like he he's he is not a small dude because not only is he six five, but he he's a very solid two twenty, according to what if like assuming these listings are correct, then that's the kind of guy you can if, if I there, there's something to having guards that can rebound. It really just lifts your whole program. It's getting those long rebounds. It's helping out the big men, especially when 
you know, your big men might not be, you know, three straight six ten guys. And now West Virginia's got a couple of those big guys now, but are they all going to play? Are they all going to rebound? They did a nice job in that that exhibition, but what when Trey Mitchell comes back and he's more of a kind of outside in scoring forward more so than a big man that's rebounding, you're going to need these guards that can rebound. So this is a nice piece that does a lot of things. You know, he's got good scoring numbers, rebounding numbers, passing numbers. Two things that worry me. Because it's, I mean, it's, worry me. It's just he'll fit in nicely because he can't shoot from three and he turns the ball over a lot. So yeah, how about that? <laughs> Some of that's teammates, you know, and, and yeah. sometimes you know, you know, an assist total is how many of your guys make shots too. You may have right. perfect passes, so that's that's hard stuff to do. Um, I just watching them the other night again, small in the backcourt. I thought there were times when Tucson and Kitty Kitty Johnson were out there together that might be a closing lineup according to Huggins but that's that's kind of a smallish quick I get that but smallish and, and I'm not sure great offensively although this has been consistent they really want Keidre Johnson to put his head down and go and, and kind of get guys off balance as it passes me he's doing that that's good shooting we'll see don't know but playing Kobe Johnson at small forward that was very interesting to me he's I'm not sure he's the biggest of the three because Johnson's kind of a long Keidre Johnson's kind of a long guy but Kobe Johnson playing small forward that's a three-guard lineup with Stevenson as the two and, and kind of a facilitating two is really playing the one a little bit, but you can definitely see a three guard now with Kedrian Johnson, Perez Stevenson. And that's much more like a one, two, three. If you know, Stevenson and uh, Perez are uh, what's Steven six, four, six, five. Yeah. Epic guys. Right. So that, that can help them there a little bit too. And then just big point guards are tough, especially when you're trying to get passes from the point inside to, you know, bigger defenders, or if you're trying to see over defenses that move, um, when when defenses sag a little bit, which is prone to happen in West Virginia, it's pretty cool if you can see that stuff. You can stand up and look over guys and be able to get the ball or see where those gaps are not. Um, that can help you out a little bit, and that could that could be good. It could be a really good piece for them. We'll see. But how they get him enrolled, how he gets developed, how quickly they can heat him up to play, you know, those first five games in between semesters, but also. Man, their their Big Twelve schedule is tough, and and again, I look at the end of the season. That could be where they're trying to fight for position. More and more, this just seems like can they get into the postseason with momentum and with some polish and sharp. Boy, that's a good piece to have because more flexibility, just a big guard who can do different things, play different positions. That kind of lets you kind of continue to rotate around matchups, opponents, so on and so forth. But even before you get there, you know the cart and the horse got to get in order. And how they get him in and how they get him eligible, that'll be really interesting. Yeah. And he's not the same player. And Haley was listed a little bit taller, but I yeah. was in love with Jermaine Haley for all the reasons you're talking about. Just being that big six five, six six guy that can drive to the basket. And, and, you know, Haley was not like by no means not even close to fat, but he was, he was thick. He was solid. Like he wasn't some stick that was trying to dribble into the lane. He could finish at the rim. And I think when, a team, any team, has that, it makes them so much better. And, and Haley was that. And, again, this uh, Perez is listed a, a, an inch or two shorter, but if he can do the kind of things that Haley did, then that could really help elevate this team. Quite an offseason, quite a transaction season for West Virginia, and it didn't even end when – you know, the portal dates are, are there for a reason, I guess, here. And this may be one of them more definitive, but you figure that 
certainly when like July comes, you figure that the, the portal season ends, but hey, not the case. And then again, not the fault of the player. Could be West Virginia's benefit. We'll find out soon. We'll find out how. See how this works. See when it begins. Until then, I'm Mike Casaza. And I'm Chris Anderson. We'll talk to you then. CBS Friday. TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. Used to be. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.